And this is your girl, Ryan. And this is the Conscious Sedation Podcast. Yeah, boy. <laughs> Kian. Cackling and kicking. Hey, folks. Hello, friendships. Hello, friendships. Let me mute my telephone. <laughs> Y'all hear the feedback. (laughs) Yes, I just heard us cackling and kikiing. Cackling and kikiing. We got two people watching us already? I bet one is me. It might be (laughs) me too. The other one's probably you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, wait, four. We got two more. That's okay. Listen, I actually really love going live. I um, I enjoy it. Same. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us. It's funny because when we used to record... And we used to have little bloopers. We could be like, oh, rewind, cut, out. start over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At this point, it is what it is. You better think before you speak, as my mama would say. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you better give it some time. That makes me think about Barack Obama. You know how people would talk crazy about his cadence and how slowly he would talk? Yeah. It was intentional. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You better talk slow. You the think president of the free you world. Speak. You better. You better get it together. <laughs> <laughs> you better. I'm up on Beyonce's internet talking crazy. Okay. <laughs> He's silly. Well, hello, gang. Welcome back to another shift. We're pulling the late one again today, y'all. Listen, <laughs> I'm tired too. I hope I don't look it. You don't look, but I I feels it today. I could definitely go for a nap, but you know I can always go for a nap. Naps are life for me. Yes. So, yeah. Maybe we should talk about that sleep. <laughs> Naps. Yes. The importance of sleep. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know. How well, are you, Tish Tosh? I'm good. I heard you laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I turned it on. I didn't realize my sound was all the way up. Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> you said, how are you? Yeah, I'm doing good. Doing good. Just, you know, around here, pregnant life, feeling like I swallowed a whale. <laughs> well, um, or a watermelon seed. It's getting real turtle on your back around here for me. <laughs> Trying to get up. It's like, <laughs> And then my baby, I can catch her at any moment talking about, she makes, she mocks you. (laughs) Then we talk about her getting me together. Then we like, okay. (laughs) Okay. All right. right. Look, girl. Okay. Okay. (laughs) She'd be doing something real simple too, like trying to pick up her doll. She'd be like, wow. Okay. (laughs) The drama is strong with this one. wow that's funny yes but no complaints I'm good it's finally like cool like really cool and crisp here I think it's gotten down to like the 20s and 30s which makes me feel good um kills the gnats which also makes me feel good I feel like when do these damn bugs die my god Nell in Atlanta well, I feel period. like the Nats were like at an all-time high this year. Oh I'm in like God. a, a um, gardening group on Facebook and a plant group on Facebook. And 
everybody was complaining about these nets. Like, I mean, we all, they're always around, but I feel like they were like, they were relentless. Super, yeah. <laughs> they were relentless. They were extra big and extra slow, but still very elusive. <laughs> and all in your face, like. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all probably saw me swatting them while we were recording this. What? I have been on a couple yeah. Zoom meetings where I saw some go like, <laughs> <"Don't> <laughs> the camera. <laughs> I'm like, hey, I'm out here like this. They gonna think I'm trifling. I feel your pain in solidarity. Here I am, right? <laughs> May the odds be ever in your favor. That gang, man. <laughs> because listen, oh my goodness. But yeah. yeah. So I'm good. I'm I'm good. I'm glad that it's cooling off down here finally and we still have sunshine. It's not completely gray. So, you know. Yeah. Life is great. What about you? How are you feeling, friend? I'm well, I'm well. Um, so I'm tired today. I don't know why. End of the term is coming. I got like maybe two weeks left. <laughs> I'm ready to sigh of, of relief, mm-hmm. but not quite. Um, I am, you know, the girls, of course, are ready for us to deck these halls with boughs of holly. Mm-hmm. So I am trying to get my <laughs> mind together for that. Um, cause I could truly just close my eyes and wake up and it's January, but mm-hmm. they are, um, definitely interested in the tradition and, um, you know, I'm happy to oblige. I just yeah. have to get my mind together. So, um, but other than that, we're good. Trying to, trying to get on, you know, every one day at a time, like everybody else in 2020, child. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for real. I, um, I thought about ordering, my daughter a one of those felt Christmas trees oh yeah you know, with all the ornaments and stuff like that but it's funny because I mentioned it to my best friend I was like yeah you know she's really a holiday girl just from the videos and things like that that she watches she was all into the Halloween stuff and we did jack-o'-lanterns and that uh-huh. kind of stuff and now you know she's like it's Santa it's Christmas mm. you know, like you are too <laughs> and so yeah. intuitive um already and notice everything which for me, I've always been like a Christmas person. Um, I think when I moved away from Christianity, that kind of shifted for me. Yeah. But I still can appreciate like the season and the decorations and all of that kind of stuff that comes with it. So um, my honey and I talked about how we would carry that out of what that tradition would look like in our household since neither of us, you know, ascribe to Christian beliefs anymore. And um, we were like, well... We can decide, you know, as a family, once our kids are old enough and we can talk about it and this and Mm -hmm. that. So it feels really strange for me to be like, I was thinking about ordering her one of those little Christmas trees. She's really a holiday girl. And my friend was like, you used to be too, (laughs) you know, and I'm like, I still am. Um, I just understand and acknowledge that it is a slippery slope when you have kids. Mm -hmm. And I want to be very, very intentional about how we introduce that and how we explain it to her. You know, how we participate Mm -hmm. in something that, you know, we don't necessarily believe in. And Mm -hmm. like the, you know, it's the religious part of it. Yeah. Right. Right. So yeah, Yeah. I I am. I do think I'm going to order her that though, just because I think it's fun for her. Yeah. And that that's kind of, I mean, I have never, I never put a bunch of pressure on myself to like produce for Christmas. Like I never like feel like we, 
Like we have never, none of our Christmas, Christmases have ever been alike. Like no two Christmases have ever been like in my house. Like they, mm-hmm. they, they ebb and flow. Sometimes, you know, it's something big. We always obviously do something, but um, I don't like, feel like we got to have a bunch of gifts under the tree or like a bunch of stuff for them to open. Like, and I'm thankful that I, for the most part, <laughs> generally speaking, have children that are just grateful in general. They kind of just have these grateful spirits or maybe those are seeds that I planted in them. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're, they're always like just thankful for, for, you know, whatever it is. And um, as long as I cook a little something, they want me to cook. A- or you know, our little, like they've requested gumbo, which is typically what we do for Christmas. And so um, they, they are pretty, they're pretty content with, with whatever it brings. I was talking to one of my friends yesterday about um, how I think it's important, even if you, if you choose to do gifts, that you also allow your children to participate in the giving part of that. Mm-hmm. And so taking them shopping to purchase a gift for their parent or for their sibling so that they can understand that like, it's not just about waking up and getting a bunch of shit. Like you need to, it's, you know, it's, it's about sharing love. Mm-hmm. And that also includes you being on the giving end, not just the receiving end. Mm-hmm. And so I think that kind of helps to balance out some of the, the expectation and also the, the pressure almost mm-hmm. of, you know, for parents. Cause I mean, I think I said this a couple of shifts ago, like parents be going broke off of this and like robbing Peter to pay Paul, not paying your rent, not paying your car note. Like, cause you want to like, I'm all out. Sit. Cause you want to be Oprah. <laughs> have never been about that day. life. Like I have never been about that life. Like, listen, mm-hmm. ain't not a thing in this house. Y'all don't, that y'all need that y'all don't have mm-hmm. so <laughs> let that be the standard mm-hmm, <laughs> and anything mm-hmm. else is just icing on the cake so yeah mm-hmm. I don't think it's anything wrong with getting her a little tree to decorate like it's fun it's like anything else like you know putting a tail on the donkey or um you know a puzzle to put together or any other kind of manipulative because for the most part it's for her it's going to be like picking it up and like mm-hmm. putting it you know on the tree so mm-hmm. just some active something she can mess with that's not exactly. important it's tear up yes. not, mommy's phone yeah. where's mommy's phone i'll be like yeah oh, you say where's mommy's phone one more time where is mommy's phone have you paid yeah. the bill yet or she'll get up in one of our chairs at the table and she'll be like i need to go to work and try and open up the computer i'm like oh you need to go to work how much are you being paid I'm just, I'm just trying some. to see. Uh, right. You bring some coins in or not? Right. <laughs> you need to go to work? I need to work on my computer. I'm like, okay. <sighs> but yeah, well, um, you want to do your mindful moment next? I do. Okay. Today, I am mindful of hope which seems like I'm going to cry because I'm lame, but whatever. So I'm just mindful of hope and I'm mindful of life, um, my life in particular. Um, There are so many people like who are, this is a hard season for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Um. I think I talked about this a little bit last week too. Like, um, you know, some people suffer from the seasonal affective disorder because the days are shorter 
And um, some people like myself, if you have lost a relative or someone dear to you, it makes this season hard because we typically spend time with our loved ones around this, this time of the year. Um, and then at COVID, COVID, you know, mm-hmm, like to compact mm-hmm. the, the separation and the distance and the isolation that we have going on right now. And I just know, um, just even scrolling my timeline on, on social media, um, I'm grateful that people find Facebook or Twitter or whatever to be a platform that they can use to express their feelings of isolation or of sadness or even a lack of desire to live, right? Mm-hmm. Because people are always on. So you can have somebody pop on there and be like, yo, what you need right now? Like I'm coming this minute, where you at, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to try to help to connect us to, to somebody else, right? Or to potentially save a life. And I just, um, I'm just so mindful of hope in the fact that even on my darkest days and my, my, my hardest <laughs> days and the moments that I feel like are just truly a struggle, I um, have never truly felt hopeless. I have never truly felt like tomorrow wouldn't come. I have never truly felt like tomorrow wouldn't bring or didn't have the possibility, right? To bring something that was better than today. And Mm -hmm. so just that, like, I never realized what a blessing it was to be able to hone in on that hope and to be able to hang on to that just to get through today. Mm-hmm. right today can be super hard and it can be super crazy and I can be even unkind to myself or unkind to the people who I love or they could be being unkind to me and just I've never felt so hopeless that I didn't want to hang on till tomorrow mm-hmm. you know and I never realized that what a blessing that is um until just a couple of days ago and so I'm just truly mindful of that and I know that I know it I almost feel privileged because I know there's so many people who they just can't, they just can't hold, hold on. Tomorrow doesn't seem better than today. It doesn't mm-hmm. even seem like there's a possibility, right? Or potentiality to be better than today because they've had so many shitty todays, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm just super mindful. And um, it, it, it seems like something that's so simple and yet it's so great because tomorrow could blow my mind. And if I just hold on, right, if I can just think about it in that way, you know, tomorrow could be something that can turn my whole life around. Mm -hmm. And if I can just hold on and get to that place, I can just sleep and wake up and it be tomorrow. There's potential for it to be a a brand new day, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And I just think that it's something that we all take for granted, and it's something that we all need to be better about reaching out to the people we love and um, holding each other and handling each other with so much more care and being kinder to ourselves um, because tomorrow could be greater, right? Like it really could be. Um, and um, we never know what people are going through or dealing with. And I'm just mindful that I'm mindful of hope. I just am. I think it's, it's, it is, um, <laughs> it don't get the credit it deserves. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Out here in these streets, hope needs some credit, put some respect on credit's name. I mean, put some respect on hope's name. There we go. 
<laughs> and uh, with a K. Put some respect on Hope's name and get you some and lend some and borrow some, whatever you got to do to have some. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. That makes me think about, you, there's a saying or adage that says, um, if it's not over until you win and if you're not winning, it's not over or something like that, you know, just to encourage people like this is not the end of the story for you. It's okay. But I know that for a lot of people, like you just said, it's real hard to look at things that way. And my mind goes to a lot of young people who struggle with suicidality and they think that, you know, high school is the end of the world or whatever happens in high school or middle school or whatever you like. Have you got so much more living to do? Like <laughs> you haven't even. Yes. I don't know. You, you're not even close to your peak at all. Like I know it's bad, but this bad is like not what you think it is at all. And yes. one day you're going to look back and be like, I was pressed over that. Over them. <laughs> uh, yeah, or because wait till your third school you're gonna mm-hmm. be like oh mm-hmm. you was talking what you was saying what <laughs> yeah yeah and the yeah. reality of that is I don't think you ever have that revelation until you're on the other side like oh, it's sure. really really hard to pull yourself out of like I'm pressed over this yeah. in the moment you know what I'm saying but yeah it yeah. seems it's it's very real because you know, you, it's your life. It's your truth. It's very real. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it doesn't matter. I mean, I can think of things that I was pressed over in my damn 30s or in my 20s. You know what I'm saying? Well, like, last year, last month. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it's just, you know, like I said, it's just lend, lend some hope. If you, if you are full, if your cup runs over with hope, lend some, mm-hmm. you know, if you need some, borrow some, don't be shy about it. Don't be ashamed of it. Like mm-hmm. I have plenty to give. I have plenty to offer, you know, truly. And, and it's just, I, you know, my sister even said this to me a couple years ago. She was like, you just can always like it's like you just always know it's gonna all be good like it's gonna be all like you just can move and and nothing ever seems to like really shake you to the point where you and I was like look like what what are you talking about like I didn't recognize it in myself Mm -hmm. and um I didn't not even realize it was something that was so vastly different than the way a lot of people view Mm -hmm. right life for their situations or circumstances and so I can't help but be grateful and mindful of it you know Mm -hmm. especially right now during this season when a lot of people are are feeling the complete opposite of that yeah yeah I think for you too I've always um, noticed tons of perseverance I feel like you lived a lot before you were 30 oh my god like you lived a lot (laughs) before you were 30 and experienced things that people will never experience in their lives and you're already on the other side of you know what was terrible for you at times or you know what I'm saying you felt mm-hmm. like okay this has got to be the worst that it's ever going to get in my life <laughs> and then something else will happen and somehow you would come out on the other side of that so yeah I think that definitely 
Lynn's experience to be able to bounce back or not be easily knocked off your square. Mm. Because if you haven't had, you know, a lot of triumphs and I'm not, or a lot of tribulations and I'm not comparing because I feel like it's all relative, but it is. Um, if you've had a pretty simple life, <laughs> then things do feel like an existential crisis, like Trump being voted into office. Mm-hmm. You know, for a lot of people, we were like, okay, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I remember sitting in a room with mostly white people um, the day after the 2016 election and there were tears and all this stuff. And I was just like, okay. <laughs> you know, like I really didn't, I couldn't tap into why it was so heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. life as a black woman, like, Truly. what has that meant to me? <laughs> yeah. What has the president of the United States meant to me at this point? You know, and for me, I, and I told them all, I was like, welcome to the fight. I mean, like, Truly. Y'all in here sobbing because somebody who, you know, allegedly raped a woman, did whatever is now the president, and you've been raped before, and that's your struggle. And I'm not poo-pooing on that, but I'm just telling you, like, it's not a crisis for everybody. (laughs) Right. It's a lot of people who's out here. Or it's a continuation of an ongoing crisis for some of us. (laughs) Right. Right. Not a new thing. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, yeah, I completely get what you're saying. And that kind of is a great bridge into what I am mindful of. Like this year, which I talked about this last week, how if I cook here at home for Thanksgiving, then we usually will package up all the leftovers and take them out to people who we see on the streets. Yeah. And um, I think that is a difficult thing for me to do just because I feel like we're in one of the richest countries in the world. And we have this very um, obvious problem of the uber rich and then the uber poor, right? Mm -hmm. And I just don't know how that can be okay for people and how that can exist um, in such a rich society. And so I think part of that bothers me, but at the same time, I think about how grateful I am that I'm not on the streets and that I know um that at any moment that could have been me or still could if you know what I'm saying if I don't play my cards right in some place so um when well like maybe like the night before after we had gotten done with dinner my honey goes well do you think that's appropriate this year you know because of COVID and I said um I really don't think the people on the streets are worried about COVID you know and honestly I'm thinking some of them might want to get it so they can go to the hospital and have a bed to sleep in and a meal or two, a toilet, a shower. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And so I was just like, I get what you're saying. Um, And I am cognizant of that, but this is coming from a warm, (laughs) loving, clean home. And if they want it, they want it. If they don't, they don't, that's Mm -hmm. fine. And so um, I think like you, I'm in a place where, this pandemic and the response to it is coloring how I move like in every facet of my being and what I'm doing. Yeah. And I am like, so, so full of grace. Like you're full of hope. I'm full, full, full of grace to where I'm not taking anything personally or if Mm. I am, it's like, I'm like super, super small. Like, "Mm, okay. That kind of hurt my feelings, but 
I'm just, I'm just flowing with it. Mm-hmm. 2020 has taught me that. And <laughs> it has, t- it has taught me that um, I, I believe that people have largely underestimated how this new change and way of life has affected them and they're not even aware of it. Right. And so when people do things that are not nice or Mm -hmm, kind, mm -hmm. I'm usually just like, you know what? This pandemic has everybody on edge, like whether they realize it or recognize it or not. That's true. Even the children. (laughs) Especially. Yeah, they they need to have some grace lended to them too. Yeah. Especially the children, because could you imagine being a kid right now? Like you're powerless for the most part on a regular day. Mm Mm-hmm. And now you're super powerless because you've got your parents telling you that you can't go out to school because you need to be protected and you can't do this because of this. Like, I yeah, I think children more than anybody need to be yeah. um, tended to in a different way with, you know, what they say, kid gloves or whatever. And people need to be having conversations with their babies about how they're processing everything because they Mm -hmm. probably don't have the words to start the conversation on their own. Right. Um, Some kids probably do, or will say, I miss my friends or whatever, and can kind of put things into perspective. Like I miss my family, but I'm happy that we're not sick. But, you know, I think it's a parent's responsibility to ask your kids and to really have a conversation about what this has been like for them, because this will be, um, imprinted in their minds and I think it's important for a parent to figure out how yeah. that's going to imprint and what that's going to look like you know moving in the long term yeah. yeah I don't even think that we can truly imagine what the impact will be on this generation of school-age children in the long run you know I just it's just like we could not have imagined <laughs> COVID, this novel virus, like, and then all the mutations that have come mm-hmm. in 2020, like, we could not have imagined this, you mm-hmm. know, we, we, I don't think we can even imagine, you know, what the, the impact will be. Um, but I do think you're right. Conversations are important for us to have, and we are responsible. Um, and even, you know, I can even, you know, <laughs> kind of, you know, tisk myself a little bit because one of my daughters was like I want to go back to school like you know e-learning is hard virtual learning is hard and I was like girl it ain't hard just gotta walk on mm-hmm. like you know like you I, like it doesn't matter like this is what's best for us like you're not going to school it doesn't matter you know everybody's gonna come home in a minute is what I kept telling him like everybody's gonna end up coming back like home you know like it's gonna happen and so you know even though I was right <laughs> I still could have handled her with a little bit more compassion. (laughs) Even though I was right, you just got to throw that in there. I was correct. I didn't tell her I was right, but (laughs) I'm just telling (laughs) y'all. Okay, (laughs) Ayala. Even though I was right. (laughs) Yeah, but I could have handled her with a little bit more compassion and, and, you know, of course I was like, I mean, I get it. it you know, you want to go to school. Like I get the social part of it, but I could have been more compassionate. So mm-hmm. I will take a page out of your book. Um, you, like I told you a couple of weeks ago, you certainly have. <laughs> <laughs> I've taken a lot of pages out of your book in the last couple of weeks, you know, when it comes yeah. to 
resolving <laughs> conflicts and mm. um, handling people with care. So I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So we have an inbox report. We do. <laughs> it's a good one. So I will say, um, I'm going to remind everyone last week when Latasha, when you told us that um, a great percentage of our listenership and viewership are men mm-hmm. and how like kind of shocked I was to, to know that, to learn that this inbox report kind of explains that a little bit. So of course, my friend, Ryan, Mr. Mr. Ryan, Ryan. <laughs> who has um, co-hosted with us um, in 2020. He um, gave us a little inbox report. I'm trying to find it here. Okay. Um, So he says, um, you guys are going live right now, of course, but do you have notes for the show or do you simply kind of carry on as you go? Your cadence and control adds to the credibility compared to other podcasts that are mostly barbershop talk and compared to the women talk shows where they mostly are offering opinions and guesswork, but nothing viable. He goes on to say, what drives Tasha? She keeps us together with relevant synopsis of the focus. You guys don't seem pressed to be superficially seen or wackily heard. He says, um, then of course he has some, some little, some, a couple show ideas. He says that if we were to consistently take notes that we would probably, <laughs> Be even more more amazing than we are. And so, of course, to get a little bit of clarity, I had to get him on the phone so I could fully understand what he was saying. And so he just explained what he meant by what he was saying, um, especially about Tasha. I was a little bit confused about what he was saying about Tasha. Um, But basically that she just wraps it all up. Every time we are talking, she is always able to wrap up everything that we say um, and present it in like a, you know, box it all up. And make sure that it is um, the content that we're, it's, a, it's relevant to the content that we're, the topic that we're talking about. Um, and then he also said over the phone that um, he's not shocked at all that our listenership and our, our viewership is predominantly men because of the way that Tasha and I present information. He said, because it's not filled with opinions and um, it's not presented in like a gossipy or like kind of catty chatty way that it's, it's consumable, it's digestible for men. Um, and it's stuff that they want to learn about. It's stuff they want to talk about. It's stuff that's relevant for their health or the health of their families, their wives, their girlfriends, you know, their, their partners, their children. Um, but a lot of times they don't know where to get that information. And so we have provided a platform that makes it easy for them to learn and listen and understand. Um, we present it in a clear and concise way. And so I thought that was amazing. And it helped me a lot to understand why our listenership and viewership is predominantly men because I, I that really shocked me I was like what mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> they want to listen to us cackling kiki <laughs> but I guess we're not doing a ton of that or you know it's like our cackles are relevant <laughs> mm-hmm. or they cackle when, <laughs> right they cackle with us, with us. <laughs> right well yeah. um yeah I appreciate that thank you Mr. Ryan um I he was able to point out some things I didn't even realize were happening so um yeah. As for me, what drives me, I mostly (laughs) want to lead with vulnerability. 
And I think that that is a true connector. And in addition to it, it being a connector, I think that's the one thing a lot of people within our society are afraid of, especially in the Black community. We're really afraid to be vulnerable and kind of stripped down in front of strangers or even people who we're close to. But when you do, it's like the gold. You know, I think that it really taps into the inner part of who people are. And I think that people can have a greater appreciation for their own experiences, but yours too, and can extend compassion and empathy. So I think something that's something that drives me as far as, you know, how we speak and present stuff. We are charged with disseminating information that is um, evidence-based and experience-based too, but if it's not, or if it's our opinion, I think Ryan and I, and even when Tiffany was on, take a lot of care and pride in saying, this is my opinion, mm-hmm. or this is what I've seen to be true or whatever one dealing with patients or yada, yada. So I think that charge keeps us honest, if that makes sense. Um, years of therapy for me <laughs> and growth. And growing because I'm certain that a decade ago, I was not this woman. I'm certain two decades ago, I definitely wasn't this woman. So thank you very much for that feedback, for your your kindness and for noticing something. You know, I feel like a lot of times people will see things in you that you don't see in yourself. So mm-hmm. and your I appreciate that. You've been a loyal listener from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so I appreciate that for real, for real. Yeah, was so it anything we, else? No, we have a comment in the chat um, yes. from Courtney. Sister. Um, she says Alicia. that it's, it's huh? country. Country is. Oh, I'm so sorry. I know I misread. That's my sister. Hi, sister. <laughs> Hi, sister. <laughs> I've misread. Um, so she says that she was speaking to a mother um, who said that her child had been having behaviors. I'm assuming she's referring to when we were talking about the COVID and how COVID is affecting um, children. And that's not uncommon. Like I mentioned before on the show, I have a friend who said that her her daughter was so depressed being home that she had to go put her in therapy and she's in kindergarten, mm. oh, you know? Wow. And so like, yeah, that's major. Like you barely even know about socializing, you know, in kindergarten. So, mm-hmm. you know, imagine the effect that it's having on, um, some of our older teens and you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying all that but that's a milestone too true you know what it I'm is. saying because it is you have little kids and you hype them up like you're going to kindergarten next year for yeah. however long and then that year comes and and <laughs> the teens and the, the the middle school students most of them have a phone or a tablet where they can still be relatively mm-hmm. social right mm-hmm. virtually which is what they prefer anyway mm-hmm. I think a lot of times but when you're that little you know kindergarten first grade you don't have a phone you probably can't you know what I mean like it's, it's mm-hmm. complete isolation yeah. so yeah that's that's true um and then she goes on to say that um and I have said you asked how this is messing with them um and my child is a homebody so I score so I scored okay (laughs) but for parents with no control and routine Mm -hmm. it's tough yeah yeah it is it is um kind of because you know there still are teens who are gathering together and 
you know what I'm saying? Still meeting at the mall to walk around and doing yeah. all those things. So a lot of a lot of that is still happening, even though it, it kind of shouldn't be happening, um, which I guess still makes it tough for parents who don't have any control or a routine. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and I just think, you know, again, even more so for those who are kind of like stuck in the middle where they're kind of in that space where the child, like you said, Tasha, the child doesn't have any control. They kind of are at the... <laughs> Mercy at the liberty the mercy yeah of a of a parent of, of a guardian mm-hmm. yeah yeah so, i yeah, could see got- it being tough even for a homebody because you know i've talked about this before i'm a homebody um where i consider myself a homebody i'm not somebody who has to be flitting from one thing to the next before mm-hmm. i had kids and was in a relationship i love to travel and that kind of stuff but when i was on u.s soil like i wasn't somebody who had to be out all the time but the option, like having the option taken away, I'm like, okay, now, you know, spend 10 months. Yeah. You know, so you could, you could pretty much tolerate anything if you have a time frame on it. Jumping on a treadmill, and I've said this and used this analogy before, it's like jumping on a treadmill and knowing that you're going to be on that treadmill running for 30 minutes, as opposed to jumping on that treadmill and the time is just unlimited and you don't know when you're going to stop. You could stop at five minutes because you're just, mm-hmm. you know, done. You don't have any more. You could stop at an hour and never stop. It just yeah. depends. But everybody's stamina is not That's there. True. And I'm definitely one of those people who, if I'm in a plank, <laughs> I'm looking at that clock to see how many seconds I got left before I can relax. Yeah. And this is feeling real endless. Real right countdown-ish. Now. Like, okay. All right. <laughs> Right. Like, okay. Now, Every shit, time we now. think we done, they start the timer over. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. The worst group project ever. We're all yeah. failing. Truly. But yeah. 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 So, all right. Um, thanks, Mr. Ryan, for that inbox. And Talisha, thanks for watching and interacting. If you guys have any comments or questions, feel free to um, put them in the chat here because we're watching. And then if you guys have any comments or questions later, if you're listening to the audio, we can be contacted at getsedated705 at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Follow us on our socials on Insta and Twitter. We are conscious underscore sedation. And on Facebook, just search conscious sedation podcast and we'll pop right up mm-hmm. so tonight we'll be talking about rye we're talking about food <gasps> and food um you know food as medicine and mm-hmm. kind of you are what you eat and you know watch what you put in your mouth <laughs> that could go either way <laughs> you know what <laughs> watch what you put in your mouth <laughs> Yeah, food. Yes. <laughs> On every account. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> we could talk about that on another time too, because that's going to have to wrap back around mm-hmm. to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, so we're going to talk about that, which is super relevant right now because we, tis the season to be eaten, right? Like mm-hmm. we just, we just passed Thanksgiving. And even though a lot of us probably didn't have the feast as my children call it, that we may have been accustomed to. We still probably, you know, had foods that we, <laughs> listen, this is just my personal experience. So we made traditional Thanksgiving foods because that's what my, my children are used to. When I, I've never made the full meal though, right? Like even when my mom was alive, we'd be like job share. I make a couple things, make a couple things, we bring all together. 
Uh, or we would go to my aunt's house and I, I made nothing. <laughs> so and I just, um, <laughs> just eat. So this was the first time that I made everything. When I tell you, I was like, this is a lot of damn butter. Why does everything need a stick of butter? A stick. I a have stick. a stick of butter. Two Eight sticks tablespoons of, butter. Yes. of stick softened room temperature. Yes. <laughs> if you make one dish here and there it don't it don't smack it it adds up like that I literally probably use like two and a half three pounds of butter Mm -hmm. like I was like and I think about like and some people eat like this every Sunday like some people are making foods like this this is Sunday dinner this is they eat like this all the time Mm-hmm. so it just again <laughs> tis the season to be eaten <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then you know we have you know all these other holidays that are coming up you know um in this in this next couple of months and we just thought it was super important and just discuss the importance and value truly of of what what we're, what we consume mm-hmm. yeah for sure I um uh, this is I guess to Mr. Ryan's question too do we take notes sometimes um, <laughs> I told him that. I told him we do sometimes. <laughs> mm-hmm, we do sometimes. So, for this topic, um, complete like transparency for me. I, and I told Ryan this earlier. I was like, I don't know that I feel like super equipped to talk about this. Um, only out or only within my own experience with food and my own relationship with food will I be speaking from. So, yeah. in my notes, the first thing, one of the first things I wrote down was good food, good mood. And that comes from um, the times that I participated in the Daniel fast, which is fasting from all processed foods, um, dairy. Okay, wait, let me, let me list off what you can eat. That's easier. <laughs> That's a little bit easier. <laughs> so if, if you're on a Daniel fast or participating in what's called the Daniel fast, you are eating things from the earth, period. So fruits, veggies, nuts, beans, lentils, rice, water, <laughs> tea, black coffee. Yeah. Um, you can have you can have whole grains, right? Like so like can't you have like whole grains or no? Uh, the grains were always questionable for me. Okay. It, because I think part of the menu like oatmeal was acceptable if you were diabetic. Or something like that. Oh. Aside from that, I mean, if it was a grain like sorghum or, you know, something like that, perhaps. Okay. But it was literally like what you were eating, the ingredients was the food. Yes. And that's it. Yes. Um, there was no ingredients list. You ate whole foods, period. Mm-hmm. No meat, no pasta, no bread, no sugar. Um, like no alcohol. Yeah, no alcohol. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely no alcohol. But so from my own experience in doing a Daniel fast, though, it was tough, especially if I was eating like just wilding out if I was eating a lot of fast food or anything like that. If my diet had just went completely to the left, like post holidays or something, it was a tough thing to adjust to initially. 
And then by the end of it, I would notice lots of benefits, um, which I noticed those benefits before, but I was so focused on what I wasn't having that I couldn't really appreciate what those benefits were, you know. So some of the benefits that I noticed were mental clarity, um, better sleep, better quality sleep. I had more energy. Obviously, I lost weight. My skin was clear and not just like pimples. Um, if I had any eczema patches or any discoloration, it was gone. You know, any any redness, dryness, it was gone. Um, let's see, what else did I write down? Oh, more energy and improved mood. And then I put better sex because, you know, you're more fit, you're in a better mood, you have more energy. And so, of course, your sex life is going to be better. Um so yeah, when I put good food in my body or whole foods, I definitely noticed that difference. And Ryan, when you say that, you know, people get to feast in and all this around this time and people yeah. eat like this, like weekly, the only thing was I'm like, and they wonder why they sluggish and tired, <laughs> you know, because your gut is full of SHIT, like literally and figuratively. Mm-hmm. So I, I think for me, the biggest change maker about what I put into my body was reading the ingredients list and reading the food labels. Mm-hmm. Like once I became more aware of what that was, then I like everything changed. I remember the moment I had one of those banana nut muffins. Uh, I forget what the name of them, who makes them. The brand. Yeah. Yeah. I forget the brand, but anyway, it was a prepackaged banana nut muffin. It wasn't even like one of the big ones. <laughs> It was like a regular size muffin. And so I was at work one night and I was like, ooh, I'm going to give me a banana nut muffin, put some butter on that thing, you know, have me a little milk with it. Okay. (laughs) And so I read the packaging and it was like 230 calories, I think, which I was okay with. But the part that like made me go, oh, hell no, it was two servings. The one muffin. Yes. And so I'm like, so this one muffin is almost 600 calories. This one muffin is almost 600 calories. And it was at a time where I started like my fitness journey and really tried to um, get my body into a, a, I won't say shape because that's not really body positivity, but um, get my, my body to a place where I I was more health healthy and where I could look in the mirror and be happy with what I saw you know mm-hmm. um and when I saw that I was just like oh no I'm not spending that money because you know financial wellness <laughs> and I'm not spending those calories like I think at that point I started to bargain is it worth the calories because if it's not worth the calories then I ain't going because I gotta spend 10 minutes on a treadmill to burn 10 calories and this is about to be 600 now I'm gonna make it good yeah that's crazy I have never done the Daniel fast um I mean not I have done it but I have never done it um in its entirety Mm -hmm. um the couple times that I have like like you know if it was like a corporate fast but like we were doing it for with church or whatever Mm -hmm. I was either (laughs) pregnant or breastfeeding and so um I did a modified version. So I might, you know, eliminate my, my sugar or 
you know, things like that, but never like the full thing. But mm-hmm. even, even in doing the elimination of sugar, um, which is a drug truly, yes, um, a lot of us are addicted to sugar. Sugar is hidden in everything. Um, I can remember wanting to eat better and just being mm-hmm. mindful of what I was eating and trying to order a salad from a restaurant. And then, you know, they, now they have the nutrition facts that you can look mm-hmm. up. It had so much sugar in it in a salad. And that wasn't the dressing. Right. That yeah. was without the dressing. <laughs> right. Where is the sugar at? So yeah, the sugar is hidden in everything and sodium. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I can just even remember times where I minimized my sugar intake and uh, felt better and slept better and had clarity of, of thought, um, like you were kind of mentioning. Um, it's interesting how what we eat can even for women change our cycle. Mm-hmm. It can even mm-hmm. make your menstrual cycle better. You can have, you know, depending on the better you eat, the the you know, sometimes the less cramps you have or the more mild your PMS is. Um, you can have a lighter flow sometimes depending on on the, the foods that you're eating. Or the and smell. So, the smell even changes. The smell too. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So yeah, I can remember um, noticing a, a difference just by eliminating sugar from my diet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like um, one of the biggest challenges or barriers aside from, you know, income, like if we remove structural racism and things like that within our country, because that is a real thing that keeps sure us from um, being able to make better choices. But all of that aside, I think one of the things that kind of gets in the way of people making different choices around food is the overwhelm and feeling like, a, they may not know where to start or B, that if you end up picking up this specific diet or whatever, <laughs> that um, you can't put it down or if you don't pick it up, you're super judged or you know what I'm saying? And I guess to be more specific, what I'm thinking of is veganism. Mm. <laughs> not that. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I know. I, you know, I have a hard time with people who adopt a veganism uh, mentality or lifestyle and only because I feel like they can be very judgy in the way they present um, how they live and the choices that they make. And for me, it's very akin to religion. Mm -hmm. And so I'm super resistant to you know, any of those things or whatever is going to make me feel like that. And I think that a lot of people may make that choice if it were presented in more of a teachable way or a teachable, you know, perspective. Like these are the changes that I made and this is what's been helpful for me and blah, 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 blah. Less judgmental way. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, because it always... I won't say always, but 90% of the time it comes off as a preachy, like y'all know damn well, y'all shouldn't be eating animals and we are supposed to be plant-based and the biggest animals in the world eat plants and judge, 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 instead of saying, you know, I switched my diet to plant-based, this was my motivation and these were the benefits that I've you know, seen or noticed in my life, this is why I did this. 
You know what I'm saying? Just I think, you know, I think presenting, I'm, I'm all about presenting facts because in my mind, I am, you know, trying to draw a parallel to um, that education and the education that I do like for breastfeeding, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, <laughs> so to have lactation consultants been called, you know, preachy or judgy, you know, mm-hmm. it depends on the person you talk to. And so I'm all about presenting hard facts like you can give me all the facts about whatever diet right and the benefits of that my thing is once I have made a decision just like with breastfeeding Mm -hmm. support me in that decision support (laughs) my decision right Mm -hmm. support my decision and like like breastfeeding I have recognized, and I think a lot of, of, of um, people who work in, in that birth work kind of world recognize that if you are the first person in your family to learn about the benefits of breastfeeding, I mean, it might take a couple times, right, for you to hear it and for you to learn it and for you to read it on your own and for you have to have so many different exposures to it. I'm not going to just buy in to the first person who tells me about it, even if I can see some benefits that you've made in your life and change. That's not, that can happen, right? But that's not going to be the the common, like, theme Mm -hmm. is for people to be like, oh, shoot, you're doing that, I'm going to do that too. Like, mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. Like when, like when women started to go natural and stop getting relaxers, mm-hmm. like how many times, how many women did you walk by that didn't have a relaxer before you finally decided like, okay, well, her hair look good. Like I'm going to just mm-hmm. go ahead and stop getting relaxers too. It takes a minute, right? It takes a minute for it to become ingrained. And so just because I decided to jump on the bandwagon, because I have already had my several exposures before I decided to make my choice. I don't then get to look at you and be like, girl, I can't believe you still can't relax up. Mm-hmm. Because you're just not ready yet. You just haven't, if you may never get ready. There are people who can who still get relaxers now, right? And <laughs> it is what it There's is. There's people who have gone natural and yes. decided it wasn't and them, went back and to was the like, creamy run crack. me my creamy crack. Yes. Yes. I'm glad you bring that up because that was something too that I was thinking about just with your diet, your hair and all that stuff. It is a it's a big shift. Mm-hmm. And when you Major think about shifts. yeah, when you think about indoctrination or socialization yes. and different uh impacts of how we have been raised and in, in our society or whatever, that's a whole different topic too, like policing of black people's hair, specifically black women. Um, but yeah, oh, it's a, yeah. it's a huge thing. I remember speaking to one of my best friends and I was like, oh girl, I could not ever. Ooh, yes. No, I have undone, 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 undone. <laughs> okay. No, <laughs> <All right. laughs> like I say, yeah, no, I really don't think that's for me. And after some time, it didn't have anything to do with me, you know, like, um, I'm, I'm conscious now, or I have this awakening and I want to appreciate my hair, the way it grows out of my scalp. It eventually got to that point. Like me and my natural hair journey started because I was really, really serious about getting my body in order. Coincidentally, we're talking about that. Right. Um, and I was working out five to six times a week and me washing my hair, flat ironing my hair or blow drying it or whatever and relaxing it was not conducive to me keeping it working out yeah 
And so I noticed that my hair was getting thin in certain areas. And I was like, I will be bald by the time I'm 40 if I keep this up. And that started my natural hair journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It. And I would say my natural hair journey also had nothing to do with me being conscious of woke either. Nothing. I mean, even, even while I was, you know, younger, I never like got relaxes like every this every six weeks or eight weeks whatever like most people did I probably would go two three times a year to get a relaxer mm-hmm. um so it wasn't a big change for me not to have to get one mm-hmm. but I stopped because I was when I was pregnant mm-hmm. and I was like super like trying to be you know like I was already a young mom and I just was so determined to do do it right and like make sure I had this healthy baby and so I stopped because I because I was pregnant it had mm-hmm. nothing to do with me being like, I want to be natural and I want to, it just happened. And I learned how to manage it, which is a challenge, which mm-hmm. sometimes a seems like an inconvenience. Curve. It's a learning curve, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it started working. And so, you know, um, so yeah, so I think that um, I don't, I have run across some people who are vegan who uh, I will speak to my best friend. I hope you're watching best friend <laughs> who is <laughs> vegan. And I will say that I have watched her change her approach over time. Mm-hmm. When she first became vegan, I felt like she was a lot more preachy. I won't say judgmental, but a lot more like, you know, like, like, I can't believe y'all still eat that crap. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like she had changed and she was on this different path, this different journey. And I have watched her go from being that way to being more open and taking more of a position of wanting to lead and guide and educate in a completely non-judgmental way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I can um, appreciate the fact that I have been able to watch her her kind of change. Um, but a lot, I mean... <laughs> Uh, it was to the point where when she first became vegan, like I want to eat around her ass because I didn't want her. <laughs> like, you know what? I didn't want her watching me eat a cheeseburger because mm-hmm. I was gonna eat it and but I want to enjoy it and I want you looking your nose down and eating a cheeseburger. Mm-hmm. Now, you know what I'm saying? Like it's totally different. I can eat my food, she can eat her food, and I don't feel any kind of way. Like she's completely, I've watched her grow in that mm-hmm. way. And mm-hmm. so it makes me wonder if a lot of the people who we are feeling that way about are people who are like new, right? Like like they don't flip, they got this new information. <laughs> and so now they're like, y'all need to grow up and stop eating them, whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I think that's a huge turnoff, no matter what the content. I agree. No matter what you're talking about, you know, the, and it always tends to be some polarizing or controversial topic otherwise Mm -hmm. we wouldn't be in this space so like it's always natural hair or not vaccinate or not Mm -hmm. vegan or not plant-based or not religion or not you know what I'm saying it's always these big big polarizing kind of social context lifestyle choice (laughs) No, I agree. That, mm-hmm. that people are this way about when the reality is you get to make your choice and I get to make mine. Yeah. And what I love about it is that if you choose to be right on the one of the polar ends of the, the, the dietary spectrum, that's your choice. Right. Mm-hmm. But you mm-hmm. can also choose to be somewhere in the middle. 
mm-hmm. where I, you know, that's where I tend to find myself. Like, mm-hmm. it's not a big deal. Like if I make dinner and we don't have meat, like nobody's looking for it. Nobody's like, where, what chicken, you know, right. they're mm-hmm. good. If I make, you know, breakfast, whatever, like it's not uncommon for us to have, you know, a, a meal that it doesn't consist of meat or <laughs> dairy, you know, like it could be mm-hmm. a vegan meal vegan-ish mm-hmm. because I don't be reading labels so I might have a little dairy and something <laughs> in the in the ingredients right mm-hmm. you have something that's packaged but um but but I don't but so what I'm saying is like I I think that we need to add more value to to people making their choice and teaching people because the ultimate goal right of of being, you know, having a plant-based diet or being vegetarian or, or vegan is to increase living foods, right? Increase mm-hmm. the amount of vegetables that we eat and decrease the amount of processed junk that we eat. And I feel like you I'm can do it. that without being on the polar, you know, the polar polarizing sides mm-hmm. of the dietary spectrum, right? Like you don't have to be a strict vegan in order to increase the amount of, of, of foods that you eat that are living, that are vegetables, that are, that are plant-based. Mm-hmm. You can be somewhere in the middle and still be able to, to navigate that and, and do that to eat better, to eat well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I definitely fall someplace in the middle, but I can uh, volley between meatless or plant-based and not like very easily, just because I know the differences and benefits that I see in myself. And I Mm -hmm. know um, the legacy that I want in my household. So we take it very seriously as far as what we put into our bodies. And so one thing is, I'm always thinking about the processed foods, right? Because you'll see someone who's vegan by all accounts, but they're eating, you know, vegan crab or vegan this and vegan that. And I'm just like, bruh, you may as well go ahead and have you a regular burger because all the ingredients that's in that that you're eating that's vegan for it to be vegan, like it was probably processed in the same plant as the steak that I'm about to cut into. And so that's the place where cognition comes in and you think, okay, what is my goal? Um, And then what am I doing that's either helping or harming me? Mm-hmm. and getting to that goal because you can cut out meat but if you're not questioning the processed foods or whatever that you're putting into your body then you may as well eat the meat yes you know it it really doesn't matter and then another thing for me too is that consumption for me takes a broader meaning it's not just about food yeah right so consumption can be what you listen to what you watch what you say out of your mouth, the food that you eat, like all of these things are consumption. And I think that all of them play into our overall wellness. Like, I don't know if you guys have heard of that, um, that study, like the two plants, like you have two house plants and to one, you say affirmations and nice things and all of that stuff too. And the other one, you just speak negative to, negatively to it. And you don't do anything as far as the nutrition. You water them both the same, but you mm-hmm. just talk really, really nasty to one of them. And you talk really nice to one of them. Look it up. The plant that got affirmations and good things said to them did better. The one that didn't die. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, you know, for people who tend to be kind of preachy, it's like, okay, it's real easy. <laughs> to pick that sermon apart 
if there are other parts of your life that are off um, kilter, because I know plenty of vegans who I look at their bodies and I'd be like, mm, you what? What kind mm. of vegan is you? But, you know, I don't say yeah. that out, out of my mouth, but I'm thinking like you're doing something wrong. Yeah, because even though we all have different body types, if you're not putting a bunch of crap in your body, then you should be leaner. You should be more more toned. You should be yeah, healthier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, relatively healthy, unless you have like some genetic stuff going on, yeah, or whatever. And then, and talking about food as medicine, I've seen people with huge g- genetic issues um, take a different perspective or have a different diet and completely reverse their diagnoses. And it doesn't happen overnight. Oh, yes, but yeah, you you have the power to um, extend or cut your life short based on what you're serving um, on your plate. And I like this little sign. I probably need to get one for our kitchen, but it says pharmacy, F-A-R-M. Yes. Pharmacy, you Mm -hmm. know, so um, it just takes that, the context of you're treating yourself when you sit down to eat and, and are you treating yourself with good things or, you know, with, with poor things? And I know, you know, the, the more vegetables and foods that are living plant-based foods that you consume, um, it's a, it's a, it is a learning curve because Mm -hmm. you tend to eat more either at one time or you're hungrier sooner after your meal, Mm -hmm. which in here, because of indoctrination, right? Like we think, well, dang, I shouldn't be eating this much. If I'm trying to be well, I'm trying to do, you know, lose weight or get healthy. I shouldn't be eating this much. But the difference is, you know, a steak can sit on your stomach for eight hours. Mm -hmm. You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? 12 hours. Pork can sit in your stomach. So you feel full longer that's not good it's not digesting it's just don't stop people from still eating sitting there could possibly Mm -hmm. yeah snacking or whatever but you know I think that that whole portion control thing changed a little bit when you think about eating eating plant-based foods Mm -hmm. and that's something that requires us um, to unlearn and then relearn how we eat when we when we consume foods like that my um my youngest twin decided that she wanted to become a vegetarian. So she's about, did I already tell you this? Mm-hmm. I remember okay. this when the shift happened. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're about a couple weeks in and I've been having to remind her, like, it's cool to not eat meat, but you can't, you have to eat well, you know, mm-hmm. you have to, you can't, and you can't just carb, carb load. You can't just mm-hmm. eat a bunch of starch and rice and potatoes. You got to increase increase your vegetables and your beans, you know, things like fruit intake so that you can, you know, still have a relatively balanced diet, just minus the meat. So um, it's a, it's a learning, it's a, even a learning curve for me because mm-hmm. I'm having to, you know, alter my meals and my, you know, what I'm cooking and the things I buy at the grocery store to accommodate her diet. So I can understand how when people first transition, they might find themselves eating Cheetos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And say because it's not meat. Because they don't know anything else to eat. Yeah. Or yeah. Oreos because they're vegan, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so, so they're it's eating. beer and french fries. <laughs> right. I can see mm-hmm. people doing that for the, you know, until they kind of learn. It, there's, yeah. there's an unlearning and a, a relearning process that has to take place for people to be able to truly eat well. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, obviously, I've been talking a lot about the Center for Mind Body Medicine and my wellness work here. Um, 
but you cannot be part of any kind of wellness or mind body skills program without talking about food. And so we have a, you know, a group session where we talk about mindful eating Mm -hmm. and (laughs) we do this meditation where um, basically it illustrates how powerful the mind is, right? And in the illustration, there's a particular food that you're thinking about, or you're, you know, being taken through this meditation is like an imagery and you have a physical response as if that food was really in your mouth or Mm. close to you and you don't have that food, right? And so we use that to illustrate that one, imagery is powerful, but two, um, your body responds to what your brain (laughs) says and so it's important for us to understand acknowledge and appreciate the connection between our brains and our gut and just like you said you know a steak or pork will sit in your belly a a lot longer and you you know potentially could feel fuller longer but that doesn't stop people from eating because why we eat for lots of different reasons within our society And so um, through the training that I was doing, one of the physicians that talked about one of her patients and she said, you know, the guy comes to her and says, you know, what his diet was like, what his habits were and all of this stuff. And the guy got nervous and was like, oh God, you're going to tell me to stop eating my ice cream because the dude would eat like a pint of ice cream every night. And she's like, no, I'm not going to tell you to stop eating your ice cream. But what I am going to ask that you do is when you're eating it, turn the TV off you know, Mm -hmm. because he would sit in front of the TV and just eat the ice cream. And by the time, you know, he knew it, he would be tapping the bottom of the container. And we've all been there where you got a bag of chips or something like that. And you just, (laughs) you doing this motion back and forth and you get to the bottom of it like, damn, I don't went through that whole bag. And you shock yourself because you're not eating mindfully. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not even aware that you've been full 35 chips ago. Yeah, you're still going. And so that made the biggest difference for him, just being able to turn off the distraction of the television. And he ate his ice cream, but he found that he ate a whole, whole, whole lot less and was more satiated and was done. Mm -hmm. And so um, I charge anybody who's listening to this, like when you are eating, just eat. That's it. Just eat. Um, it try not to eat in the car or on the go or in front of the television or with your phone in your hand. All of those things just end up translating to more consumption and calorie consumption than what your body probably requires. Mm-hmm. That's good. Um, I never thought about that. I mean, in that not consciously, right? Like you said, I've, I've done that before, eat while I was doing something else. And then find myself like, dang, that's gone already. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, that's good to think about. I, I try to be mindful of just in general of eating until I'm like satisfied opposed mm-hmm. to eating until I'm full mm-hmm. because full looks different depending on what I'm eating. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. sometimes yeah. I feel like I just want more because it tastes good. And mm-hmm. so trying to be mindful of eating just until I'm satisfied or no longer hungry. I think that that's important to do too when you're thinking about mindful eating yeah what's the proverb to like eat until you're eight tenths full 
Oh, I've never you heard know, that. So, you know, not until you're all the way full, but eat until you're not hungry anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's something else that we teach too in the My Body Skills groups. Like we're one of the only species on this planet that can override that. Mm-hmm. You know, just like we can override our fight or flight response, which is responsible for being in a um, constant stressed state yeah. or a constant fight or, fight or flight. We can override um, letting our parasympathetic nervous system kick back in once the threat or stress is gone. It's gone. We still, you know, can live in this stress, you know, chronic stress state or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but same thing with the food. Like usually any other mammal or animal species, once they're not hungry anymore and not full, once they're not hungry anymore, they stop eating. Mm-hmm. But humans, we, you know, keep going. Don't keep the party going. Oh, this is so good. Ooh. Yes. You know? Yes. So yeah, like, like just me going back to the beginning, talking about my own um, experience with food and ways that I've been able to make small changes are different things like, you know, putting my phone down or not eating in front of the TV. Um, But other things that are small changes are plate size. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, you know, I'm always very intentional or cognizant about the serving size. And then my plate size, I don't select a big dinner plate to serve dinner to me or to my honey, like I used to. Um, most of the time we eat off the smaller saucers. Mm -hmm. And if we want more, then we go back and get more. But um, it's not that initial, right? Just have this big old serving size, and then if we're eating out, which is less so now, but eating out, I would always tell myself, like, you don't have to finish it. You can pack it up and take it home. Yes, <laughs> you know, like it's it's not going anywhere, girl. It's okay. Yes, yeah. I um, I think that's important. I think that that is um something that I find myself struggling to teach one of my daughters. She is a big eater. She's always been a big eater. She was my best breastfeeder. Like she was like always been a good eater and um, she eats because it's there, mm-hmm. you know, like she eats because it's there. Um, she wants, she'll come and ask for seconds just because she knows that there's more in there. And now I'm like, you cannot be hungry Mm -hmm. and it's like are you hungry or you just want to eat because it tastes good and I find like it's so I'm 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 hesitant right or like super cautious about things that I say to her because I don't want to give give her her a complex exactly I don't want her to start to stop eating right to Mm -hmm. go the other way um for her to have like a food insecurity or you know just I don't I don't want it to negatively impacts her but I do want to teach her to eat mindfully and Mm -hmm. to eat because you're hungry like if it tastes good it's gonna taste good tomorrow too you know Mm -hmm. like it's it's not gonna go anywhere you know um and it it has been some it is something that I am I think about a lot um especially as it pertains to her and I think you know of course girls and image especially in America like it's a big deal Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a very delicate topic, a very delicate thing for me to, um, to try to teach. I wish I had, I'm not a big portion person. Like I don't put big portions, but I wish I had started off with saucers because Mm -hmm. that is like a way that I could have 
demonstrated that, right? Modeled it um, without having to like verbally. Say it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's something that I think about too, because it doesn't take long no. for, you know, these young people and not just girls or women True. or whatever, boys too, to be programmed by um, social media or what they see in movies, television, and all of that stuff. It does not take a long time for them to um, start to scrutinize their bodies. And so um, that is definitely something I'm conscious of and work on and not saying things to my daughter. Obviously, she's too, but just the way I speak about myself within earshot of her, you know, and really the yes. way I speak about myself, period, because negative self They're listening. It's trash. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I shouldn't do that anyway, but definitely when I am within earshot of her, I'm very mm-hmm. careful about saying, you know, things like I'm going to go work out so I can be strong or so that I can be healthy, not so I could be skinny. Right. Or, you know, I'm super um, aware of not picking at my body or showing any real like uh, displeasure when I'm looking in the mirror around her mm-hmm. because I do not want her to pick that up in any way. Yeah. Yeah. One other thing that I think is super important that um, we can't talk too much about is the importance of um, our water intake mm-hmm. and drinking drinking water. I know people, I think we talked about this before, <laughs> but like I just cannot take grown-ups seriously like <laughs> drink water. Don't drink water. <laughs> like, what do you mean? You don't drink water. Like, not even a little bit. Like, you can't like you just don't drink water. <laughs> like, I feel like I can't trust you. You don't drink water. <laughs> yeah, you stink. Your pee stink. Your yes. stink. Yes. You got a yes. infection. Your you kidneys hurt. Yeah. Your back hurting. <laughs> your liver need a detox. You got back pain. You don't know what's going on. You need your to drink square some water. yellow. <laughs> yeah, literally. Yeah, your teeth Just might be it. yellow. Drink your, some water. Your throat dry. Your mouth sound like you need to swallow. Yeah. <laughs> <Saliva> <laughs> <all thick. laughs> you got cotton mouth and halitosis. Yeah, yeah, and it's so very important to drink water. I mean, it should be the very first thing you drink in the morning. You know, it should be the very last thing you drink at night. You should be drinking water all day long. You should drink nothing else more than you drink water throughout the day. You know, your body is made up mostly of water. Mm-hmm. And so we have to continuously replenish it. You know, water bathes your organs. It, you know, you, you need water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it um, detoxes and pushes through any toxins, pushes them out of your body. Yeah. It's, it's like a clean slate. It's picture a windshield wiper. <laughs> yeah. Know? That's what water does. It gets it, rid of all of the things that really would call me, cause you harm if it stayed in your body. Yeah, it keeps your hair you know, moisturized. It keeps your skin yeah. mm-hmm. moisturized. It, you know, it's it's, it keeps your vagina moisturized. It keeps I mean, like your, literally, no, your truly. mucus membranes, your yes. eyes, your mouth, your nasal passages. Like, yes. Yeah, water is super important. And I think because of um, just 
the way information is delivered in our society, you know, a lot of people are like, well, how much water? And so previously people would say 64 ounces or eight glasses of water a day, eight, Mm -hmm. eight ounce glasses of water a day. Um, I found that that rule of thumb is shifting because everybody's not the same size. And so the newer rule of thumb that I like to lean to is half your body weight in ounces. Mm -hmm. Yep is what you should drink. So if you're 200 pounds, 100 ounces of water a day. Mm-hmm. And if that seems like a lot, then lose some weight. <laughs> and you might, you know, if you, you start might. drinking that much water, because a lot of times we eat and we're really just thirsty. Yes, yes, yes. I was going to say that you you may find that when you're feeling hungry and you're thinking, dang, I just ate dinner. My steak probably ain't digested. Drink some water. Mm-hmm. And you might find that that curves your appetite a little bit. Yeah, you're really thirsty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there was something else too that we kind of mentioned. We haven't talked about this specifically, but um, you said like home remedies. Yeah. Or something like that. As a mm-hmm. part of this, you want to go into that? Yeah. I My fave. So yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think there are, we, I think we are coming into um, as a culture more knowledge of home remedies or Mm -hmm. not necessarily more knowledge because our grandmas had home remedies we're Mm -hmm. coming back into we are taking back what was once ours Mm -hmm. um starting to to learn from grandma's hands um like we like we did before but I feel like there's this this hunger to do that mm-hmm. now. And so there's so I'm learning things all the time in different groups or you know from from people in passing about different home remedies. Um, I think that they are super important. I like to say that most of us probably have things in our homes that that can be used for home remedies. It's not like something that you have to, you don't have to become like an herbalist mm-hmm. to like get into some home remedies. You can kind of start low and go slow. There's so many different home remedies. Um, a couple of my favorites are um, even just things that you can utilize every day in your cooking. Um, I am a person who puts garlic in a lot of stuff because garlic has a lot of um, anti um oxidant properties, a lot of antibacterial properties. Um, turmeric is something else that I can sneak into my food. Turmeric you have to be careful with because it's um, yellow. And so it can cause your foods to turn yellow really quickly. But if you're seasoning your meat or seasoning your vegetables and turmeric is, um, has some um, anti-cancer, anti-tumor properties in it. Um, so those are some of my favorites. I mean, I could go down a list of things, but I think a lot of Girl, them- Girl, I am, go. Oh, you- <laughs> Let's educate um, the folks. Yeah, um, you you know, I, I am- you know, let me think what else is in the kitchen that's um, good home remedies. Um, ginger. Mm-hmm. I'm big on ginger. Ginger root is something that before, maybe even a couple of years ago, was not easy to find in the store. And now it's a lot more accessible to find in the store. It's something that you can, you can chew ginger. Ginger has um, anti-nausea properties. If you're feeling nauseous, you can kind of suck on ginger. You can boil it and make tea. If you're mm-hmm. feeling sick, if you're feeling like you got a sniffle, you're coming down with something, a little bit of ginger, a little bit of lemon, like literally cut those two ingredients and boil them in some water and make a, a lemon ginger tea. 
Mm-hmm. Those are, it's really good to help to, to kind of curb a, a cold. If you feel like you're, you're kind of starting to have symptoms or the onset of some symptoms, you know, you can kind of feel yourself starting to feel like mm-hmm. you're coming down with something. You can catch it and make your tea, nip it in the bud. <laughs> um, that's one of, one of my favorites. That's usually something that people already have in the kitchen and just increasing your citrus and vitamin C, like eating more um, citrusy fruits. Um, oranges um, that's going to increase your vitamin C which is going to boost your immune system typically stuff we already have in the in the cabinet or even just orange juice you know that's something that's going to be loaded with vitamin C um, you want me to jump the, in huh you want me to jump in yeah I was going to say peppers <laughs> are also loaded with mm-hmm. vitamin C so if you and that's something that you know I've seen so many memes lately where all black people right we we cook with peppers and <laughs> with onions. onion and pepper peppers and death <laughs> actually to life. to life but you, you want to keep them kind of crunchy mm-hmm. so they have some value you don't want to cook them down Ooh, to their saute yes. where they're kind of soggy they have Ooh. to kind of stay a little bit crunchy to maintain some of their nutrient um, their nutritional content so. That's important too. Yes. I'm glad you mentioned that. So a lot of um, Black people, African-Americans specifically, when we do eat vegetables, we cook them to death. Y'all, if you can't get your foods fresh, um, you can get them frozen. That's probably the next best. That is the next best. And then canned, finally. But when you cook your fresh vegetables, you want to cook them until they're like a bright color of whatever they are. So like if it's broccoli, you want it to be like a bright color broccoli and not that really dull. (laughs) Green, hunter green. (laughs) Mm -hmm, Like bordering on brown, you know what I'm saying? Like you want it to still have some crunch and crisp. So be careful. Yeah, when you guys do prepare your meals that you're not doing that in vain or like if you make a salad and you have all these beautiful whole food, you know, colorful, like eat the rainbow and um, ingredients and stuff, don't dump a whole bottle of ranch on it. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like um, it hurts my heart every time. Yeah, you may as well eat a burger. And, yes. and sometimes people have suggested that you have your dressing off to the side in a little cup. And dip it. You, yeah, you put load your fork and then dip and eat your salad that way. So anyway, that was just a little little um a caveat. Yeah, uh, yeah, a little commercial before my home <laughs> remedies. And Horatio, hey Horatio, he's watching. He said his wife boils lemon, garlic, and ginger. Oh, and see, so, I never put yes. garlic in there, but yeah. that makes sense. Like I said, all the the immune immune, you know, whatever. Yes. All the immune properties. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Immune boosting sort of go. things. Yeah. Um, I love berries. I think yes. smoothies are a perfect way to incorporate lots and lots and lots of antioxidants, veggies, yes. fruits, whatever. And anytime I have a smoothie, I will add spinach just because. And a lot of people are, you know, kind of freaked out because it turns everything green. But it is a food that has a mild enough flavor that it ducks under everything that you're preparing or blending it with and you still get the beneficial property. So um, early in my pregnancy, when I was not feeling well at all, I would mix up a plant-based protein shake and I would throw in like a frozen banana or half a frozen banana and a handful of spinach as much as I could, you know, put in Mm -hmm. and I would have a smoothie and I would even share that with my baby because it wasn't anything bad in it for right. her. Right. Um, 
So those are a couple of my things and just um, small ways that I have made shifts to not necessarily be skinny, but to definitely add in healthier items to my diet. Um, so home remedies, and these are some things that I just realized like within the past couple months or even the past year, but like ginger, Ryan said ginger, okay, ingesting it is great, but if you are getting a cold sore, guess what you can do? Mm-hmm. Chop a piece of ginger. Like, you know how you can feel that the skin is numb or tingly before the cold sore ever mm-hmm. emerges? Instead of buying a Breva, it's expensive. It is a medication. And I think that's another reason why we are kind of pushing towards some of the natural stuff because we have a general distrust of the healthcare system in this country yeah. and pharmaceutical companies. Um, and we know that all medications came from a plant, right? Um, but anyway, if you guys have like a cold sore, cut you a piece of fresh ginger root and just put it on there. However many times a day you can tolerate. I usually, if I have one coming, if I'm super stressed out or something, I'll just put it on there anytime I think about it, three, four times a day. And mm-hmm. I've had cases where the cold sore itself never even emerges. But then like maybe a week later, I'll have like some rough skin or like dry skin there. Like it like a scab. Pressed it over. Mm-hmm. Right. But it never came through. Um, so that's one of my faves that people be like, oh, for real? I'm like, for real. Get you I some. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Um, aloe. Yes, I just love aloe. I, yeah. When I'm pregnant, I have skin problems for whatever reason. I'll have like really, really itchy patches. I think it's eczema. I'll get the aloe. I wore my N95 at work last week longer than I usually do. Had a rash here around my chin. Just cut some fresh aloe, put it all over my face. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it clears up almost immediately. Yeah. Um, I've started incorporating aloe in my like everyday moisturizer routine. I'll yes. put a little bit of aloe gel in my hand and mm-hmm. drop my moisturizer and it goes on every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, aloe is great. It is an anti-inflammatory mostly. Um, and so a lot of people will use aloe or they're known to use aloe for uh, skin burns Wound healing, or yeah. like sunburn or mm-hmm. something like that. But it also can be useful for any other kind of inflammatory process that's happening on your skin. Yep. Um, so, yeah, that's that apple cider vinegar is another great thing to have in your cabinet in your yes. pharmacy um, and salt water for a sore throat or if yes. you're feeling sick. Um, allergies, anything like that, food and stuff like that for hair care. Mm -hmm. So I've used aloe on my hair. I've used avocado on my hair. I've used eggs, raw eggs on my hair, you know, oils and things like that. So that my hair is shiny and looks good. It'll soften it sometimes. Yeah. Or, you know, if your hair needs protein or whatever. Yep. Um, Baking soda. I love brushing my teeth with baking soda. Mm-hmm. I like coffee. And so I feel like my teeth tend to be a little bit stained sometimes. Baking soda will get it off. Um, I had a breastfed baby. And so she had low iron at one point. And so she had supplements that we had to give her. Mm-hmm. And it turned her teeth yeah. um, gray or what have you. And the iron itself, like the supplement's not gray. Right. But it, it did stain her teeth. We used baking soda on her teeth, not even a week. And 
it was gone. So baking soda is like an abrasive um, substance that will get out any tough stains that are embedded in you, like the ones that are sunk down in your teeth. Mm -hmm. Um, Baking soda will take care of it. Um, Honey is another good thing in the cabinet. So um, lots of antibiotic properties for honey. We don't use garlic or ginger in our teas. Like here in this house, I usually will boil lemon, honey, um, and then maybe some cough drops or something like that, or peppermint. Mm -hmm. If we're not feeling well, that's usually our kind of go-to that we do. Mm -hmm. Um, Yogurt. Ladies, (laughs) if you have any um, vaginal imbalance problems and you don't want to reach for the monostat or um, the flagell, you can use yogurt, plain yogurt, and you could either use it topically or add it to your diet, and that will help um, balance the good and bad bacteria in your body and bring up your level of normal flora so that you can have a happy vagina. Because <laughs> yes. we all want a happy vagina. We all want need one. one. We want, yeah. So yeah, that was my list of things that I, I had for home remedies. I'm sure there are so many more. So many more. Yeah. Um, yeah so many more. I, um, one of my favorites for, um, breaking, um, a fever is, uh, rubbing alcohol on the bottom of your feet Mm -hmm. and then putting some socks on. Um, I'm not a big fan of Vicks. I don't know Mm -hmm. why. I don't know if it's because my mom never used it when I was growing up. So I don't know if that's why, or if I just can't really tolerate the smell of it Mm -hmm. or like the way it makes your kind of body tingle. I'm not really a big fan of it, but um, alcohol I've heard people do Vicks right mm-hmm. on the bottom of your feet on the soles of your feet too um but the alcohol again is something that you already probably have in your house you don't have to go out and buy anything special you can just kind of rub it on the bottom of on the soles of your feet and then make sure you put some socks on mm-hmm. um that's another um good home remedy that is I learned along the way onions too I have heard onions Some people do onion slices I have, have heard off is it I've heard even for a fever, mm-hmm, if you have a cold, like a common, the common cold, mm-hmm, I have heard that before too. And I've even heard stories of people saying that when you take, when they take the onions off, like there's like, like it's it drew something. something, you can see, yeah, the discoloration on the, on the onion that, um, that it pulled something from you. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I've heard too, like for a sty or something like that on your eye, you can use the peel of a tomato. Because it's acidic and it takes yep. down the swelling or um, it helps too with inflammation. Of a tomato. So just, mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yes. Val told me that, that her mom told her that. And I had one and I used it. And, and it did. worked? It felt better. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite remedies, I probably shared this before, is, you know, breast milk. <laughs> you know what? That's Good old right breast here. milk. Like, Okay. I low for skin problems. Then I put and breast milk. You got an <laughs> I eye put infection. That on everything. Got an ear infection. You got mm-hmm. rash. You got sore throat. <laughs> breast I'm milk. like, I'm hitting up whoever I know who's breastfeeding. Like, yo. <laughs> you know what I said when COVID you got some, started. Uh, <laughs> so I was still what? nursing. I said, you know what I said when COVID started. Because I was still nursing Zuria. Like, yeah. everybody in the house getting shots of breast Keep milk. Keep pumping. I tell it. people all the time, put it in your husband's coffee. Put it in. Yes, everybody get a little, little squirt of breast milk. <laughs> Not everybody good. gives us right in the coffee. You just, right in the- we have a mostly male audience. We're probably like, <laughs> listen, now. listen, listen. It is it literally works. one thing on this earth 
mm-hmm. that will cure so many. There's studies out there that it has, it's killed COVID. Mm-hmm. It can't live, it, you know, COVID, cancer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, you know, there's good research studies with, with breast milk and, and Alzheimer's disease. Mm-hmm. Like it's magic. It is a miracle substance. <laughs> <The> ratio. Seriously. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Don't knock it till you try. And, and again, full transparency for me. I have tasted my own breast milk. As you Let should. me tell you something. And my honey tasted it too. It tastes like cinnamon toast crunch milk. It's very sweet. Like the leftovers. I'm like, no wonder babies be acting crazy for this. It is like. <laughs> it's sweet. This is the frosted flakes leftover milk. Yeah. It's very, very sweet. Yeah. It's very sweet. Um. I, <laughs> I have I have no shame in my game. Anybody in this house, let somebody get pink eye. I'm stalking whoever I know that's breastfeeding. <laughs> like give let me, me a syringe, it, give me a 10. Let meals. me, I just need a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I ain't trying to take from your baby. I just need mm-hmm. a little bit. Give me the bag. Like if you throw some milk, drops. pour it out. Just give me the leftover bag. Put that back in the fridge for me. <laughs> I come pick it up. I'll be to get that. Mm-hmm. Yes, your baby got a diaper rash. Put a little bit in a baby's bath. It's gonna help soothe the baby's bottom. I mean, endless, mm-hmm. endless possibilities for breast milk and as a home remedy. So mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. Judge, judge your mother because I'm I'm all here for it. Or don't <laughs> thank you, mother. <laughs> or what? I said, or don't thank you, mother. Thank you, <laughs> thank you, Manny, because. <laughs> Not mammy. I think because I usually say judge your mammy. Thank you, Mm mammy. Yeah. Yeah. So I think one other thing too that I wanted to say when you mentioned like vitamin C and stuff like that, there's a lot Uh of supplements out there, right? So you have supplements for pretty much any vitamin, mineral, Mm -hmm. or yada yada that can be found naturally in foods. And I um I think it's important to be careful with whatever supplements you're taking because it is still like a pharmaceutical, so to speak, Mm -hmm. even if it's a natural supplement. And then you definitely want to notify your provider about any supplements. So like when they say, are you taking any medications or anything like that? They mean supplements too. So if you bought something over the counter and you're taking those, it's important for you to let them know, oh yes, by the way, I'm taking vitamin D Mm -hmm. or whatever, because um, these things are synthetically made and they can interact with other medications and they, you can have an uh, allergy to, you know, or reaction to a supplement, just like you could a prescribed medication. Mm -hmm. And the same holds true for like loose herbs. If you're getting into Mm -hmm. herbs and things like that, um, the same holds true for a lot of those things as well. They can definitely have some medication interactions. That's a good point, Tasha. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't have anything else on my notes. That was the end for me. What else you got? Oh, I, I think that's good. I um, I think that's good. I mean, of course, you know, like I told you before, I would love to get into like, you know, macronutrients and micronutrients and like really diving a little bit deeper into um, that but like you said I don't deem myself an expert <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> in that I typically refer um, to people who I know are, are well versed in that but I think that it's it's something I would even like to learn more about in terms of maybe we could find a nutritionist oh yes we probably could mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that'd be good 
That would yeah, be- you guys know somebody if you know a nutritionist. Um, Good. Because yeah. I would like to talk more about that, um, about how, because, you know, it's one thing to say eat well and there's a learning curve for like increasing this and all that. Um, I also recognize this is just something that is important to me. Like I know you said, you know, um, if all things were created equally, right? Like if everything was the same for everybody. But one thing that's super important to me is not only like the, um, you know, food deserts and things like that, but the fact that we tell people to eat a certain way and assume that they know how Mm -hmm. to prepare or what to do with it. So like, even like if people are getting, you know, food from a food pantry or if if there's programs, right, who are giving food boxes, like there's a lot, that's happening a lot right now, Mm -hmm. people, which is great, Mm -hmm. but then you're, you're assuming that people know what to do with an avocado. You're assuming that people know what to do with zucchini. And some people may have never seen that before. And so I think it's important that in addition to us talking about foods and eating well, that we're also teaching people how to prepare and how to make it taste good. Because that's super important Mm -hmm. for us too, is seasoning our food and making sure it tastes bomb no matter what it is. And so you can hand somebody some avocado, which you might like avocado and think it needs nothing. But somebody else might need to know how to make guac, right? Okay. <laughs> like how to make it, mm-hmm. uh, you know, taste better. Um, and so, you know, I think that that's important. Um, like, and so having a nutritionist to to join us would be good because I'm sure they would be able to help us, to guide us through that conversation. Mm-hmm. And flesh that out a little bit because yeah. taste is most important. I mean, I eat with my eyes first. So yes. it has to look good. It doesn't, I mean, like, please don't serve me anything that doesn't look appetizing but after that like it has to taste good once it hits my mouth and if I can find different ways to hide vegetables or you know good things in food that I like and it doesn't override the taste then I'm down yeah all day same definitely the same I was I did that a lot with the children when they were younger Mm -hmm. I would cut up if I was making like pasta we had all kinds of vegetables in some spaghetti mm-hmm. or in some pasta, you know, mm-hmm. just because that also helps to prepare their palate and develop their yeah. palate to taste those things alone separately, you know, later. Yeah. And I'm blessed. I've said this before. I don't have children who are super picky and it's mm-hmm. because they were introduced to, because I breastfed, right? <laughs> and then also because <laughs> I introduced them to foods, varieties of foods early, early on in life. Mm-hmm. I think too, another point that I want to make before we're done, and this will be the last one for me, um, food is something that is very bonding in our culture, um, in African-American culture and in American culture, period. And we would be remiss not to mention how COVID has affected that. And mm-hmm. so there's lots of people being super creative about still connecting with food and doing food demos and stuff like that via Zoom, um, doing food classes, since you can't really gather and get together and do those things. So um, if you love to cook and you want interaction and stuff like that, those things are out there. Google it, look you know, for a hashtag on the internet or something like that so that you can kind of meet that need and still feel connected. I follow um, a professor and she, as far as I know, is single, no kids um, and lives alone. And she was talking about how she had been feeling super isolated and she found someone who's going to be like a Zoom buddy for her and they're going to prepare different recipes and stuff like that. And she was super excited about being able to make that connection. Yeah. 
So, you know, people are getting super creative, even in COVID, about um, getting connected and then getting connected around food to make good stuff um, and nourish your body, mind, and soul. So, yes. Well, that's all we have. If you all have ideas or comments, questions, or concerns, um, you can sneak them in the chat real quick. If not, you can hit us in our inbox at getsedated705 at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at conscious underscore sedation. And on Facebook, you can just um, you know type conscious sedation podcast in the chat. Um, we are everywhere your podcasts are. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not even going to list them all off wherever your favorite podcast we are we out here <laughs> you can find us um, we are happy that you all are um, continuing to listen and watch us and hang out with us and I'm tired so yes. I'm not mad that we're done <laughs> so <laughs> I can go to sleep yeah. um, but it's a pleasure as always as always Okay, guys, we'll see you next time. TTYL. Peace out.